Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. She doesn't even go here. Yesterday I did Scritchy, so I'm today family, so. It's hot. You got your glasses on, Brie. I do. Are you ready? You look like smarty pants. It's because I'm so smart. I don't know. No, not really. No. I, just I like, like it. Last time I had my glasses on, I felt like it was good luck. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I feel like it. I had a good conversation, so I'm like, maybe it- The conversation. The intellectual. Exactly. It helps me connect to my intellectual. Did you, are you recording? I am, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to like loosen us up, you know? Yeah. No, it's working. We're, we're like uh, Gracie Lou Friedman with the- is it, right? Isn't that her name? Is it no? Gracie fresh, Lou fresh. Fire Crotch? <laughs> I forgot. Gr- no, gr- Freebush. Free okay, that's what it yeah. is. But what? Oh, no, it's Gracie Hart. That's it. Well, you know how she has the glasses? Like, her character has glasses. Oh, yeah, she does. In the beginning, anyway. Until, she, you know, before she's transformed. Talk about a glow up. <laughs> Dang. They really did her dirty, Brie. Like, that one scene where she's eating the Ben and Jerry's at the bar, and, like, there's a stain on her white shirt. I noticed that, too. I'm like, dang. I feel like, I don't think externally I've ever projected, like, pre-Gracie Hart blow-up vibes, but I think on the inside, I felt like her. On the inside, just, like, kickboxing to, it's none of your business. (laughs) That was one of my favorite scenes. Or how she can't get the microwave to close. (laughs) It's just one of those days. A girl just, you know, wants to be all alone or by herself. What is it? One of those days. Oh, that girl goes through. Yeah. Don't take it personal. They should have used that song, too. That would have been good. I feel like, you know, when they all get together Mm -hmm. and, um, like, they bond at the pageant, like the pageant girls. Yeah. I feel like they listen to some, like, 90s Monica. Just a... I could see it. Savage Garden and 90s Monica. Anyways. Do you want to start the podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nikki Jensen. And I'm Brie Picconi. And we're Late, Late to, to the, the Party. A film, fashion, and pop culture <laughs> podcast from two best friends mentally still in 2002. Yeah. That's where we live. Yes. Except not today. We'll be in the year 2000. Yeah, taking it back. <laughs> taking it back to the new millennium. Woo! Which, Brie. Mm-hmm. Speaking about the new millennium. Yeah. There's been some heartbreaking news. Yes. Oh, no. I know what you're going to say. And I know this episode isn't going to come out until, <laughs> you know, like a week or two from now. Yeah. But there's still some news. It's news. Okay, I don't like Midnight's, the new Taylor Swift album. I know. <laughs> we, we had this discussion off mic, and you were like, I don't even think I want to talk. You were basically like, you were like Simon Cowell. Like, if we were uh, American Idol judges, you'd be Simon Cowell right now. And I think I might be Paula Abdul. <laughs> You're always Paula Abdul. I know, but this time I really feel it. I'm like, well, I have, I have thoughts. Okay. But put a pin in that, because that was a fake out. 
Yeah, the real news. The real news is... So... It's finally happened. We've hit this point in our lives where, like... I don't know, like, how our parents felt when, like, Leaf Garrett died or something like that. Uh We're, like, this, like, symbol of our childhood and our youth. They die. It's very sad. Yeah. So, Aaron Carter passed away. But, you know, he was very young. He I didn't realize he was only 34. Yeah, I thought he was a lot older than us in a way, but not that much. He's not that much older, really, when you think about it. I... Like, when we were little looking up to him, like... I know. Well, you know what's crazy about Aaron Carter, too? Because, like, everyone shows, like, the That's How I Beat Shaq music video now. And, you yeah. know, the one Jimmy Neutron music video that was all over Nick oh, in, man. like, 2001. Okay. But, like, you know how stars, like... Like, um... Like, I guess Hilary Duff or Lindsay Lohan in her prime, because Aaron Carter was a couple years before that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Aaron Carter and Bow Wow were actually, like, young. Yes. But they were marketed very young. But usually they're older, like they're 16 and up. Like a Britney Spears was, like, 16. Or like, NSYNC and yeah. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Like, Aaron Carter <laughs> was literally, like, on Razor Scooters just being a kid, because he was a kid. Yeah. That's so sad. I don't know. That was our first concert, too. I still remember it. I don't know if we got his autograph, but I know we got some people's autographs. Like, I remember it was, like, Aaron Carter, A-teens, and I forgot who else. That was the concert where my mom and dad, like, left, like, one of the opening acts. Because it was, like, a sponsored by Teen Nick event. And my mom and dad, like, always tell the story because they, like... Met up with Nick Cannon at a booth. What? They talked to Nick Cannon yeah, after and they we were, were like, just watching? Mm-hmm. And they were charmed the pants off of Nick Cannon so much so that they wouldn't shut up about it for years. And I bet if you'd still ask them, they'd be like, yeah, Nick Cannon was so nice. Did they get pics? Mm-mm. Probably not. No one had iPhones. No. no. They didn't take a picture with the disposable camera. Nah. They didn't use that Fuji film Damn. for good. That's crazy, though. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know about Nick Cannon nowadays, but... I know. He has, like, (laughs) 20 kids. Yeah. Times have changed, man. Aaron Carter, rest in peace and peace. Yeah. And Nick Cannon having 25 kids. Hmm. That's a solemn, solemn (laughs) way to... I know. To (laughs) enter this podcast, but... Yeah. No, it's so weird. No, definitely. I legit, like, I didn't exactly cry but i did get teared up because i can't think about it too deeply i also didn't know him that closely but it's just the the idea of it and just that you know and i think he's had problems for a while too so i don't know that you just kind of like oh man it's just sad to see well i'm inspired you're inspired yep i'm going to live every day like 10 year old aaron carter Yes. Not Aaron Carter in his 30s. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. But like, Aaron's party, come get it. When I wake up, I'm going to say, Nikki's party, come get it. <laughs> yes. And then I'm going to try to beat Shaq, and I'm going to dance, and I'm going to have spiky hair. You should do it, Nick. Do it all. 
Yeah, I want to be like Aaron Carter. Have you seen those pics of him with Destiny's Child just like dancing? Yes. <laughs> like macking on him? That's one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah. It's really cute. That's how I want to live my life from now on. Amen. So, yeah. But back to Midnight's. <laughs> midnight. Where I was really reeling. I know I was in the hospital this weekend for dehydration and we've had COVID, but I've really just been struggling with <laughs> not really vibing with midnight. That's been your biggest like struggle. Yes, it really has, Brie. But Aww. what what are your thoughts? Because I know you've listened. <laughs> we had a whole scrapped episode on on midnights. Yeah. Well, I actually I really enjoy this album. I like how it's kind of. I feel like it, a lot of the songs would be good for like a late night drive, or they just feel like songs that you'd listen to at midnight. You know what I mean? Like I I think it's interesting. As someone who's not, like, a hardcore, like, Swifty, like, I didn't, I feel like this album was something I did not expect, because mm. it's very, I think it's different, at least, like, the sound is pretty different, you know what I mean? Like, um, she does a lot of electronic kind of stuff, and, like, her voice is, like, dubbed, it's, like, kind of, like, that, like, deeper, like, some of the songs remind me of, like, a Cherub song, you know what I'm saying? Like, which I think is kind of interesting, um, so I, I don't hate it. And I think there's a few bops. Like, what are your favorite songs? Um, right now, Midnight Rain. <laughs> Midnight um, Rain. <laughs> yeah, I wanted the comfortable. I wanted the pain. <laughs> I like that song. Yeah, that one's really growing on me. Like, I can't stop listening to that one right now. Um, but initially, I really liked. Um, I feel like oh, Antihero. Yeah, that one. I feel like is a solid song. I like that song. Yeah. Um. The music video was also cool. Um, what did I list as my favorites here? Anyway, oh yeah, Karma. Karma is good. Karma and Bejeweled, Snow on the Beach, and Question. I feel like those are the best ones. Agreed. I like Maroon as well. I think Maroon's really clever. Like I like the line about like the rust on like the telephone. Ooh yeah, and I also love how she like. In red, like, loving him was red. Yes. And loving him was maroon. No, I like that, too. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, in my notes I said that um, I like the vibes a lot, and I might like it better than Lavender Haze. Because initially, because the first song on the album is Lavender Haze. It's a bop. I mean, it's gr- it's a groove. It's a groove. Which but- it sounds like I think he knows from the Lover album. Oh. Like, if you did a mashup, they're, like, sonically very similar. I feel like you could. I feel like a lot of these songs would be great for mashups. I don't know. <laughs> I made that as like a no for a lot of these. Well, that would bring it to how I feel about the album. Okay. How do you feel about the album, Nick? Okay. So you say a lot of them could be mashups? Yes. Like that would be popular on TikTok? Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like a lifelong Swifty. Right. I like the album Midnight's. I like the album. Like, sonically, it's very similar to, like, a 1989 or a Lover mm-hmm. or a Reputation, which I all vibe with. The one thing that really has, like, left an ick for me on this era of Taylor Swift, though, is the TikTok of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, okay, what... I have everything prepared, but okay. Taylor Swift 
is very self-aware. And if we go back to, like, a Nothing New mm-hmm. from um, Red or, like, one of the vault tracks, and she talks about what will happen when I'm not an ingenue, what will happen when the girls are, like, 17 and saying, you inspired me, mm-hmm. that's happened with, like, the Olivia Rodrigo's of the world and everyone popular right now. So Taylor Swift is come to this point right where everyone's a sexy baby and she's a monster on a hill uh-huh and i just feel like taylor swift has accomplished so much in the past 16 years of her career and is still so young yeah and i can understand in a way like the like her position right now being so young, but also feeling so old. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like with like a f- the folklore and Evermore and then, you know, the all too well 10 minute version, she has reached a level of independent success that isn't based on like, like she's already had the Grammy album of the year. She's already had these accolades, like these outward accolades from, you know, from like the masses. Yeah. Where she can create anything she wants. Pretty much, yeah. And I feel like she doesn't get another Midnight's. This is obviously, to me, a play to the TikTok of it all. How so? I think she's really trying to maintain relevance. Mm -hmm. And I think these are all tracks... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, speaking on, like, maintaining relevance and TikTok of it all, I think she actually started the trend of the anti-hero. Like, okay, I think people probably would have done this anyway, because I had this thought in my mind, and I've seen it already all over TikTok, but she has, it feels kind of meta, or kind of like, I'm like, wait, did she plan this? Is she a mastermind? Like, the song on the album Midnight, Mm -hmm. you know? Because I've seen a lot of clips now on my YouTube, like, YouTube shorts or whatever. Which, it's all the same, you know? Pretty much. Um, But it's her, like, singing, like, lip-syncing to Antihero and just saying, th- like, I'm the problem, it's me. And it's like, oh, she has too many cat toys or something for her cats or whatever the thing is yeah. that she's joking on. But she's joking on herself. But it's like, she's like, I don't know, I see this thing. It's like, do the Taylor Swift challenge. Like, I guess she started a challenge. But I don't even know if that's necessary because I feel like people would have used this audio regardless. You know what I mean? So they would have. Just because it's, I don't know. I think it's it's relatable to some degree. And it's, you know. I get why. Because, like, artists, in order to sell records, you have to go viral on TikTok. Mm. But Taylor Swift doesn't have to go viral on TikTok. She and, like, doesn't. lyrically, this is not her best album. And it sounds like B-sides from Lover. Like, I'm just saying she can do better. Mm-hmm. Than pandering to an audience that already regards her. Like, she needs to step, I think she needs to step into being the older sister vibe. Like, you know, like people our age already that are fans of her view her as an older sister figure, anyways. Mm-hmm. She needs to step into that and realize, like, she's like an exceptional songwriter of our generation. Mm-hmm. and get on with the program she cannot try to act like a sexy baby like you only get one midnights 
She can't come back at 35 in a couple years and try to do this again. Mm-hmm. We're going to be like, but you're old. Like, come on. Not old. 35 <laughs> is not old, but like, you, why be chasing this like metaphoric, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but like this carrot, she's already achieved so much. Yeah. Who cares if 18-year-olds think she's cool? That's what I think so cool about Adele is she was like, I'm not going to, like, fucking pander to some 17-year-olds. They don't understand what it's like being an adult. True. Fuck you. And I I respect that a lot more. And I I thought Taylor Swift was going to go there with All Too Well, like, the 10-minute version. Because mm-hmm. obviously she didn't write all 10 minutes of that back in 2012. Just right. Saying. No one said fuck the patriarchy in 2011. Right. No, true. We're suspending disbelief. Bitch came back and wrote that in hindsight, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just disappointed in her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, I don't know. Do you think, is it just like, well, like you told me this off mic that like the whole Eras tour was also rubbing you the wrong way. Is it like a combination of things? Like, do you think if that wasn't also happening right after midnight's, like you may not feel as like icky about it because it feels yeah. like it's... well. Uh, also, like when you look at her career and her all the albums she's dropped, like it's you know it's kind of like does she ever stop as well? Like you know how does she keep grinding out all these songs and stuff because. And I know she's going to re-record and we're expecting more, like, albums to come out. And they're saying, like, the next one might be 1989, right? Possibly. Uh, I think Speak Now. Or, oh, Speak Now. Never mind. That's the purple one, right? Yeah. Sorry, I get confused. I know there's a whole color coordination thing to it. and It's I, too much. Yeah. Boy, oh, yeah. I think that's why Gaylor exists. Why? Because, no offense, but I don't care how, like, charming or beautiful joe alwyn is in real life apparently he's not three albums worth of material and it's really sad because it's like you know like there's like that trope of you know artists kind of like start to flop when they're happy in a relationship Mm. but i feel like it's just like you can talk about other things i mean i get love is great but, like, I think that's why we want Gaylor so bad, so to make it interesting. Yeah. Well, you know that, like, I don't know, the the gays of TikTok are really analyzing this album. Like, really. I've gotten so many videos. Like, I swear, I watched this, or I listened to this album all the way through once, and now all of a sudden my TikTok is inundated <laughs> with, like, I, I swear, your phone tracks everything and knows what you do and gives your information to all sources but they do and birds aren't real <clears throat> yes birds are not real <laughs> but yeah lavender haze like the color lavender is supposed to represent they're saying like it's supposed to represent like a like a closeted like someone who's married to someone kind of like a beard situation but you're married but you have a secret lover what and like a lot of these songs i'm like is this about carly claus i don't know i've been kind of into these conspiracy <laughs> theories not gonna lie just because it is kind of interesting because I think there's like um there's a line that like in one of the songs I think um was it question I don't know a lot of these I'm like is this about Carly Claus <laughs> like every not every song but like I, you can read into it a lot um I hope it's about Carly Claus like question mm-hmm. that 
better not be about Harry Styles. It's a, isn't there a part where it's like, have you ever kissed someone in a crowded room? <laughs> so, like, that makes me think of, Carly like... Carly Claus. Car- yeah, I don't know. That's a litmus test. If you ask someone, like, who questions about, and they say Harry Styles, red flag. <laughs> red flag. I feel like Harry Styles is kind of irrelevant to her, right? At this point? Like, wasn't that a blip in time? Right? I mean, I know they... do. Like, are they one of those couples that, like was like a power couple or like that dated for the fame of it all or do you think there was something really they were like secret but i i do not okay allegedly harry styles has brought my favorite taylor swift songs like i know places out of the woods Mm. but like i don't believe that their relationship could have been anything like they dated for a couple months in 2012 how could she still be talking about this Unless she thinks about it when she wakes up in, at midnight. And, Maybe. But, like, come on. Harry Styles, baby face. He's a beard. Mm. He gives off beard vibes. <laughs> Especially, like, One Direction era Harry Styles. Yeah. That's, yeah. Eh. I don't know. That's why Gaylor is a thing. But do you think it's all just conspiracies? Like, do you think there's any truth in it? Or, like, like what about her song? What about, um... This isn't related to Midnight's, but, like, um, that one song that where she's, like, you need to calm down. And she has, like, the the bisexual flag yeah. wing or something. Like, it, I don't know. I really hope she's bi or something. I think it's just, okay, Midnight's has kind of let me down in that way, too, where I'm, like, maybe she's not. There's too many Joe Alvin tracks. Hmm. But really? Like, all these... I will say sweet nothing is really sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Just what if Taylor Swift's love life is really bland? And what if, like, we can't accept that? And so we are like, you know who you seemed really happy with? And we're just going to project? Carly Kloss. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what if we've all just made this up or made up Taylor Swift being bisexual? We could have. It's cool to be bisexual, but also collectively we're just like, wow, if we see one more blonde-haired boy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. True. Spice it up. Too many toe heads. (laughs) Oh, boy. But you know what is actually spicy? What's spicy? Amber Rose's baby daddy who cheated on her with 12 plus women is dating Cher. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I like opened my phone the other day and that was the first thing that popped up and I was like, wait, hold up. I don't know. Okay. Cher? Cher can do whatever she wants. She is Cher. And like, I love how people try to tell Cher what to do on Twitter, and they're like, look out, he's like, he's got 12 baby daddy, or maybe not baby, he's, you know, yeah, he's got, he's cheated on 12 women, and you know, all this stuff, and she's like, look, I don't care. He treats me like a queen, like, do I, did I ask you your opinion? Yes! I've been shared since I was five, since I was born, I know what I'm doing. I love it. And she's like, and so what? There's an Asia. She's like, I mean, I don't know, she's share. And she looks hot still. Like, she's truly. 
She's 76, too. He is so lucky. Like, can you imagine dating Cher? Like, I don't know. I'm like, he better treat her right. Does he understand? Does he know who he's dating? Yeah. How are mics doing? They're good. (laughs) You got so excited. You just (laughs) casually flipped the mic. Yeah. I... I love it. Even though I did bring up to my boyfriend, I was like, you know, Cher's dating Amber Rose's baby daddy. And he was like, Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> and I kind of wish that that would be so be cool. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? That, you know what? That actually, I think, would be even cooler. Maybe next. I don't think this is going to last. This is no. just Cher having a good time. And that's okay. Why can't she? She deserves to. I'm trying to think of, like, a pun in my head, though, about, like, dating a younger dude with one of her song titles, and I can't think of any. Gypsies, Tramps, and... Uh, Cradle Robbers? <laughs> Cradle Robbers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what they... I don't know. I'm here for it, though. I think, you know, if Cher's happy, I'm happy. Me too. I'm happy for Cher. And if... Sharon knows what she's doing. Yeah. Of all things. You know who needs to be doing an eras tour? Cher. Right? Oh my god. She has eras. She really does. Like legit. Le- legitimately. And her eras are all like she's kind of redefined herself throughout all these different eras and like has always remained relevant. And and then you know started trends. And she she started auto-tune. Yes. Also acting. She's been in a lot mm-hmm. of movies and things. Like she's she's just like She's so in a good actress. Moonstruck, Silkwood, mm-hmm. Mermaid, <laughs> Mermaids, uh, Stuck on You, where Matt Damon and that is a Greg Kinnear are conjoined twins. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds hilarious! Uh, but on the midnights of it all, just to cap it off, yeah, I am bothered by the Eras tour. I'm also bothered by her Easter eggs because it it was fun. But then to be so in on it is weird to me. Yeah, you mean like, do you mean like the fans being in on it or her Her being being in on it? Oh, okay. Like her actually creating like Marvel level Easter eggs in her content and then trying to retroactively say that she always has when I don't. It's just, it's so weird to me. Some of it may be. Like, I know she gave this speech. Like, there's, like, a speech that she gave, and then, like, it turns out it was, like, lyrics to one of her songs that came out in Midnight's, but I think it was, like, I don't know, maybe from, like, a year or so ago? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, she's been in on the Easter eggs for, like, three years. So she's hammering home now. Like, I think before then, it was coincidental or, like, little nods and stuff, but I think, like, the past three years... So, like, the fans have kind of read into it, and she knows that, so she's going to play it up, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, get that money, but it's just a little weird. I don't think, I just don't think Taylor Swift needs to do it. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work. It's also a lot of work for me as someone, I don't know, I feel so, like, on the outside when I see all these Easter eggs, because, like, I watched this one video on TikTok, and the guy, like, is analyzing this music video, and I think it might have been for Bejeweled, because... I guess there's a lot of references in there. In the first, like, five to ten seconds, there's, like, 20 references or something crazy. And I'm like, this is a lot. How do you even know this? So much. It's like a whole course, like, study on Taylor Swift or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole semester of Easter eggs that you can study. 
Truly. Like, you know how you can do those NYU classes or, you know, University of Texas classes on, like, Matthew McConaughey or <laughs> oh, yeah. whatever, like a Taylor Swift class, and it's all about her Easter eggs. Mm. Maybe but. she should start a class, how to create your own Easter eggs. <laughs> I feel like Brie. Yeah. No, that's – that we're going to see, mark my words, in, like, three months or less. You know, like – the master classes. Uh-huh. Taylor Swift is going to be like, welcome to my master class. And it's like all the Easter eggs. She she listened to our podcast and said, mm. <laughs> the light bulb went off. She's taking over the world. She really is. She's not letting the world slip by. She's, she's not. She will be remembered. <laughs> she's like, not those sexy babies. I'm going to reference 30 Rock. Which no one under the age of 30 is going to understand this reference. I don't know. I mean, I do think an heirs tour is a little much, like, for right now. I mean, I don't know. But it gives me a headache. Yeah. You know, I can't be on TikTok now without it making me feel nauseous and give me a headache. Really? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if that's, like, a personal problem or just, like, being inundated with all this content. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel very weird. I'm in a different stage right now where (laughs) I'm in the thick of it and I'm like, ooh, stream of knowledge. And I'm just, like, TikTok after TikTok. And it's mostly that one guy who sings those songs that are, like... Oh, my God. You know. Is it Ron? Is his name Ron? Is it Ron? I think something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I love Ron or whoever that guy is. Yeah. He's like, how did we get here? And all his, I don't know. I love it when he does like a Lana Del Rey. <gasps> yes. Oh, man. I want to make one of those videos so bad with one of his songs. Brie, you need to. And in, in with our faces and that slumber party motif. <laughs> I'll make it happen. <laughs> Dude. So exciting. No, I just right now want to be in my bubble. And I know that's kind of bad but i just want to live in the year 2000 yeah where where we're going back to today same so it's safer there it's a lot cooler mm-hmm. no easter eggs in sight <laughs> um no one's trying to manipulate our minds yeah <laughs> but yeah today we are discussing the 2000 sandra bullock classic Miss Congeniality. This movie's, like, one of my faves. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like it's, like, a comfort movie. Like, just, I don't know. I also feel like it's always existed. Like, I don't remember it not being around. Same. I do remember when this movie was in theaters because I was so, like, captivated by the poster and by, like, how I wanted to see this movie. Did you ever see it in theaters or no? I don't remember. You know, I have this, like, weird – do you have, you know, like, like five, six-year-old territory where you can remember things, but things are, like, like, um – Staticky? Staticky, yeah. Or, like, little vignettes of things. Mm-hmm. So, I remember being at the movie theater, and I remember there being, you know, like, side-by-side side, there were movie like, movies playing. Miss Congeniality – Rugrats in Paris. Oh, shoot. I remember seeing Rugrats in Paris. <laughs> I think I went to see Rugrats in Paris. Huh. But I could have seen Miss Congeniality. 
but I don't remember. But I remember Miss Congeniality way more than Regrets in Paris, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. No, I remember that too, though. Like, um, like the posters, like, were everywhere, and she looked fabulous. She did. Like, this is like an iconic movie poster. Right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like this is also Sandy Beat in her prime, you know? Or like, she's, I don't know, she's so great. I love her. Can I be so bold to say that Sandra Bullock is the comedienne of our generation? Or just of our times. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, of the 21st century, Sandra Bullock is the one. She's the one. Like, she can do it all. I feel like in the 90s, like, she was around, but Meg Ryan and, you know, who else was around? In the the 90s? Julie Roberts. Yeah, they were the girlies, but I feel like the year 2000 hit, and, like, Sandra Bullock came in, like, she as took Gracie over. Hart. Mm-hmm. Right? She did. I feel like she had, like, a good run of, like, I don't know. I mean, she's still doing things. She's still Sandy B, but she's, like, I have so much respect for her, because she has, too. she has such a range of, like, I just think she's a great actor, but, yeah, she's also funny, and she's pretty. She's, I don't know. She's smart. I feel like the guy in the movie. I'm like, if they knew you, they'd see what I see. Yeah. No, I love Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I think this is one of the things that bonds us. I think so. Yeah. The glue. It's Sandra Bullock. <laughs> it's Master of Disguise, Sandra Bullock. The thing, the big things we agree yes. on. <laughs> we may not always agree, but... <laughs> but on the important things, like Sandra Bullock and Dana Carvey movies... <laughs> the glue yeah but no but okay sandra bullock this time in sandra bullock's career she was having a moment Mm -hmm. like this was like her world and we were just living in it so hope floats is in 1998 and then practical magic yep Hold on, I'm going through the IMDb, and it really wants to show me her producing credits, which which, which I never realized. She didn't she produce um, Miss Congeniality? She did, which is crazy. Like, is I, she Fortis Films? I don't know. I you know I didn't think you could produce that early on in your career. I don't know, like, or how early? I know she was been in a lot of like before Miss Congeniality. What was she doing? Was she doing um uh what is that movie that um okay so like her trajectory kind of starts in 1994 with speed speed that's the one i was trying to think of then she does while you were sleeping which i love that movie Mm -hmm. um the net a time to kill speed Two, cruise control (laughs) but then she really hits this like rom-com like i'm a star now stride with hope floats then practical magic Mm-hmm. Then she does a voice for the Prince of Egypt. Then she does Forces of Nature, 28 Days in 2000, as well as Miss Congeniality. Then she does Murder by Numbers, Divine Sisters of the Yaya Sisterhood, or Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, Two Weeks Notice, mm-hmm. Crash, Miss Congeniality 2, The Lake House, Premonition, The Proposal, All About Steve, and to Round Off the Decade. The Blind Side, which gets her an Oscar. Oh, yeah. True. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> she, she was just working. <laughs> right? Good for her. 
working our the way into our hearts. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Miss Congeniality is that film where I can just pop it on anytime and smile <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I feel like I still have a lingering cough from COVID. I'm trying to keep it together. Uh, you're good. Let it out. Better out than in, I always say. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I agree with you. Like, popping it in. It never gets old. It, like, holds up for sure. Like, there's, you know, some things from the year 2000 don't hold up, and some things do. What doesn't hold up? Actually, I don't know. I'm Maybe I'm wrong. Um, maybe everything it's just Twilight. Does. Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think everything does hold up. <laughs> I'm just going to negate myself. <laughs> I take back my statement. Well, no, because I'm trying to think of the movies we've actually seen, because we tend to pick ones that are like 2001, 2002. 2000. Bring it on. That holds up. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe it does hold I don't know. Dinosaur? I doubt I that holds up. Yeah. Um, Spy Kids. Mm, that came out in 2001. Spy Kids might hold up. It might. Spy Kids 3D might not. I think... I think at the turn of the millennium, things hold up until about 2003, and then there's they like go a downhill. Dip. Yeah, there's like a dip in quality. Just like the Shrek, uh, the third. Yep. <laughs> they really like. It, okay. Life or like pop culture yeah. has been like the Shrek franchise. <laughs> it like early 2000s, it kills it. Mm hmm. And by 2007, it gets a little questionable. Yep. And then by 2010, Shrek the Fourth, it's irrelevant. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Everything relates to Shrek. Womp, womp. Which I hope people didn't just like pause, like leave. <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> we're, we're only... <laughs> we're only staying in the early 2000s. So. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Don't worry, don't leave us. Just abandon the whole audience by being like, <laughs> pop culture's dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, Miss Congeniality came out December 14th, 2000. And it stars Sandra Bullock, Benjamin Bratt, Michael Caine, Michael Caine, Candace Bergen, and William Shatner. You know what? This cast is really amazing. Like, mm -hmm. they were perfect. I think so. I think it's like just enough. It's like you get the star power mm -hmm. of like... The new and the old. Yeah. And they don't clash. There's nothing like, it's not like a cast of egos. Like, everyone seems like a player. Yeah. Which I like. I love that. But yeah, the film was a box office hit and it grossed $212 million worldwide against a $45 million budget. It earned Bullock a Golden Globe nomination and it was followed by Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous in 2005. Which I'm trying to remember. I think I have seen that one, but it's it's not as good, right? Or it's it's even close. No, no. <laughs> is the guy is the cute guy even in it? I don't think so. I don't think Benjamin Bratt's in it. Regina King's in it. Huh. Yeah, I vaguely. I like. It's like a like a dream. Like I vaguely remember it. Doesn't she just go back to her ways of? She goes to ponytails or something. She really. Yeah, no, I remember actually going to see this movie in theaters and being, like, halfway through being like, this is bad. Dang. Like, I want to leave. This is bad. Like, it, it's not a good movie. Wow, you almost walked out. But I would never walk out on Sandra Bullock. 
Never on Sandy B. Gotcha. But I thought about it. You thought about it. Oh, man. Um, but you can sometimes catch this movie. Like, I will watch this movie if, you know how E does the, like, movies? So if you're ever, like, at someone's house watching cable, they usually do the Miss Congeniality and then followed by Miss Congeniality, too. I've seen that. Like, I've seen that on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only recommendation I would have to watch Miss Congeniality too. But you wouldn't want to own that one on DVD or... No! Brie! What? I owned... Did I tell you that story? I don't know. So I, I have so. a DVD collection. Um, I... Because I've been going to like the used bookstore and DVD store and collecting DVDs. When I got my copy of Miss Congeniality, I opened it up. And it was Miss Congeniality, too armed and fabulous. Wait, I do remember this. You were so upset. Did you have to go back there? I was upset. And I went back and I was like, um, this is not Miss Congeniality. And they were like, do you still want to keep it? And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> they, you, they were going to give it to you for free and you said no. I don't want to own that. Someone knew what they were doing. They're like, mm. someone like forced them to get rid of some DVDs that they didn't want to get rid of. And they're like, you know what I'm going to do? Just go switch it. They'll never know. That's like me wanting to get speed and then putting speed to cruise control. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, I want a bus, not a boat. <laughs> wait, wait, speed two happens on a boat? Uh-huh. That's why it's called cruise control. Oh, man. Get it? <laughs> cruise I get it control. now. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got your DVD now, though. Thank you. It was... It's a great moment when I finally got it. But do you want to take like a little trip to the year 2000? Always. The answer is always. <laughs> so, um, so the top grosser worldwide was Mission Impossible 2. And Gladiator won the Academy Awards for Best Picture. And Dinosaur was the most expensive film of 2000. And it was a huge box office success. Which, uh, I don't know. Like we were saying, I don't know if that still holds up, but. What if it was? What if we watched <laughs> Dinosaur and it was a masterpiece? We were, we were blown away by the graphics. We were like, whoa. So lifelike. I, as a kid, I really was, though. I was like, those dinosaurs. Wow. Or like how they emoted. Like their eyes said everything. I don't know if they actually spoke or if it was just like. I don't remember. I've never seen Dinosaur. I own Dinosaur, but I've never seen it. You own it? Mm-hmm. It's right over here. Somewhere. Did someone just give it to you as a gift? No, it was like one of the first DVDs I remember having. Oh. So just for like sentimental reasons, I own Dinosaur and DVD. <laughs> you've never seen it. You've never opened it. No, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we should do that one day just for fun, you know? I think one day we need to start, I mean, if people are interested, a Patreon. Uh-huh. Where we just do commentary on things like Dinosaur. Like, really niche things. Master of Disguise. Master of Disguise. But, like, we can do it multiple times for Master of Disguise. Yeah, we'll have different commentary each time. Yeah. Or the same. No promises. <laughs> we just quote the whole movie. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be real cringy. Uh, <clears throat> but I do remember the year 2000 being cool just like this idea of like everything's it's like the The future yeah the future like we live in the future and it's way cooler than the jetsons and i'm gonna grow up 
in this future. Yeah. I thought they'd be like flying cars soon. I was like, ooh. I, I thought jetpacks. Yes. I think that's another thing that like spy kids made me believe because they had jetpacks and I was like, ooh, it's in the movies, so it's not too far behind like us actually having them. It's like that's how we're gonna travel to school by jetpack. Like, duh. I really <laughs> did think that. I th- I thought life was gonna be either like spy kids or like that Aaron Carter music video for the soundtrack to Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. I really was like, oh, we're going to all just be dancing in white rooms, Hype Williams style. Well, we also had like moon boots and stuff. Though I never owned a pair, but I remember like in the commercials or like in pictures, it looked like you could jump like 10 feet off the ground or higher. And did you ever have those? No. Because like I, I, I was like so envious, but I never had a pair. Like do, I want to know, like how much height do you get? I remember putting on a friend's moon boots. Yeah. And falling. Like, I did not know how to, like, function. Are they just for show? Like, to look cool? Or do they really, do they have springs? Like, how do they work? I have so many questions. But, you know what I think it was about the future? Hmm. Or, well, the future is first, the year 2000 went. Everything was chrome. And I think when everything is chrome, it gives an idea of the future. So shiny. And I think, like, in the year 2000, with the whole Y2K aesthetic, we are both being very self-aware because it was very reminiscent of, like, the 1960s, like, futuristic look. So it was kind of a nod to that. Like, oh, well, now we're in the new millennium and it is the future, but it's kind of, like, being referential to what they thought of in the 60s with, like, the space race and all that. Mm-hmm. Inflatable that chairs, movement. too. Mm-hmm. Like mod ch- chairs, that, like, all, like decor, like room decor. Yes. Color palettes, kind of similar. Flower power. Mm-hmm. I remember flower power was big when we were like kids. I don't know why. I know. The but it was, rugs. it was like capitalist flower power. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What a time. I know. <laughs> yeah. You know who would fall in moon boots? Gracie Hart. <laughs> That's. <laughs> She, I love how, like, I wonder how many times she actually fell. I should have counted, but. Like, take a shot every time? Yeah. Relatable, though. I don't know. I, I feel like that'd be me. I feel like I relate to Gracie Hart a lot, like, pre, uh, pre-glop. <laughs> how so? I don't know. I feel like I definitely have some stains on my t-shirt. I don't know. Trying to get people to eat pizza with me. I don't know. Not brushing my hair. Not wanting to be in that girly stuff. I don't know how I feel about pageants. I'm like, yeah. Fuck so you, you weren't in beauty pageants. No. Though I I did. Oh, my God. So someone signed me up for this modeling thing. And it, it was very weird. It was like at a local. It wasn't a mall, but it was. It was weird. It was like a bunch of girls who were like 13 to 16. I, I don't know. It was or like something like that. And you auditioned for I don't know, being a, getting a modeling agent or something I guess to do print work. I don't know. Like you could be like the next girl, next limited two girl or something. I don't know. Was it like a barbazon or something like that? I don't know what that means. Is that um it's like one of those sorry. Is that like 
The biggest yawn. It was one of those, like, scam kind of, like... It felt like a scam. It definitely felt like a scam. I was excited, but also uncomfortable. I'm like, do I even want to do this? Why am I doing this? Like, it wasn't really my idea to do it. I wasn't like, oh my god, please. It was more like, oh, you should do this. You're so pretty. You're cute. You should do it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I want to. And I'm like, because I'm also not, like, not that much of a people person. Like, I am to a degree, but I'm not like, oh, look at me do my talents. Like, I think I was when I was, like, little, little. But then, like, I'm like, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I'm going to trip over myself. And I don't want to really be. I don't know. Being a model is, I don't think it's that glamorous. I've seen America's Next Top Model. Right? I don't know. I knew it wasn't for me, but I went to this and it was so awkward and they like try to interview you and I had like no answers. I was like, I don't know. World peace. I don't know. Beauty pageants are so weird. I remember. No. I remember though, like as a, like a little kid, I would be in like when like cutest kid or like beautiful baby (laughs) competitions. But I think the moment John Bonet Ramsey was murdered. Uh-huh. Is the moment I took myself out as a three year old. I was just like, no, I'm done. <laughs> Wait, I'm retiring. I don't want to get murdered. You remember that though? I think I, I don't think I remember John Bonet Ramsey, but I remember the aftermath. Um, so you know, because she was in Star and like National Enquirer for years after she was murdered. No, she was. I remember that. So they like milked that for the rest of the nineties. Wow. So, well, I'm glad you didn't get murdered. (laughs) That's a whole different rabbit hole. I'm like, who killed John (laughs) Binet? I I still wonder to this day. Like, I was it her brother or her mother, right? Or Or her father (laughs) or a stranger? Who's to say? All of them. Welcome to late to the party. True crime. (laughs) We have no facts. All feelings. All feelings. Oh, boy. Well, uh, anyways. But back to Miss Congeniality. Who would probably solve the John Bonet case? Gracie Hart. Just Honestly, saying. She probably would. She's good at her job. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to, to do the synopsis? Yeah. So, when a terrorist threatens to bomb the Miss United States pageant, the FBI rushes to find a female agent to go undercover as a contestant. Unfortunately, Gracie is the only FBI agent who can look the part, despite her complete lack of refinement and femininity. She prides herself in being just one of the boys and is horrified at the idea of becoming a girly girl. Same. (laughs) No, I don't know. Dang, okay, that's a Google plot synopsis? Uh Uh-huh. Is there a different one? No, but, like, they don't say the plot. Oh, yeah, well... I guess how would, you, kind of how would you sum it up then? I would sum it up as Gracie Hart, who is a slob and is ugly, <laughs> gets <laughs> transformed into a beauty queen when she's left no choice. <laughs> that's how you. That's no, it. no, no. And she has to stop a bomber and <laughs> participate in the pageant. Sorry. You didn't even mention she's an FBI agent. Oh, yeah. She's an FBI agent, too. <laughs> Final. Period. Period. <laughs> Actually, yes. Nicely put. 
No, it's it's to the point in short. I think that's that's like when you need Grammarly. <laughs> How to say actually those Grammarly commercials they they will take like this synopsis that you Googled and then turn it into what you just said literally. Cause they're like, you don't need all that extra fluff. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those, like just being like, Yeah, don't add the extra words, the the shorter the better. But when you have to write a paper, I say add as much filler as you can. That's probably why I got bad oh. grades though. No, obviously like we went to college and it shows, but not in a good way. Like in the way that, like, <laughs> I feel like any person that is like, oh, just make stuff up to get the words, get the pages down, has definitely just had like too many papers to write. Yeah, it has PTSD. I definitely do. I don't understand. I never understood word count in papers or pages, like ten pages at a time. Like I got, the- I- who has the time for that? Like three pages is enough. Three to five, leave it at that. Anything more than five pages, like eight pages, eight to ten pages, no, just, just I don't know. I really feel bad for professors that really have to read. Yes, like <laughs> ten pages on miscongeniality and like all the filler words. I don't know. It must be painful. Just some tab, <laughs> just like in the middle of like page five. <laughs> like <laughs> come back and read it later. Yeah, oh, but man. but yeah. Well, I love miscongeniality. This is like a feel good movie. It's I don't know. Yeah, it's a classic, right? Dare I say classic? Is that presumptuous of me? No, it's a classic. Period. It's classic. If anyone wants to fight us, they can try, but, you know, we know some moves now from Gracie. We do. We could do it in a dress and heels. Yeah. What did you think of, like, Gracie Hart being... What do you think of that trope? Of, like, the, I'm a tough girl... Don't like heels. I don't know. I like, I don't know. I feel like it's relatable, at least to me. I'm sure other, there, some people can relate. But I also like that she, like, you know, she's kind of judgy, you know? And she's, like, I, I don't know if it's really, like, maybe she is kind of, like, oh, I'm better than all these girls in the pageant. But, or, like, you know, the idea of, like, girls in a pageant being dumb. I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to put this in words that are not. Offensive. I love how in the beginning they do a flashback to 1982 mm-hmm. where Gracie's a kid on the playground and she like stands up for this boy and you know like kicks this dude's butt. But basically he like tells her, you know, you're not really a girl mm-hmm. and I don't like you yeah. because you exhibit these qualities that emasculate me essentially right and i think it's it's an interesting like it's like a a light fun way of showing this but i think like we get to see or get to feel for gracie is just like oh no wonder she doesn't like subscribe to these like ideas of femininity because they've never served her it's like either you I feel like as a female, you either go with the pack and be like, I'm going to subscribe to the life where I, you know, dye my hair, put on dresses and subscribe to, you know, this idea, especially in like 2000, like ideas are a lot more black and white than than now. 
or you kind of reject that. And I think like adult Gracie is just just like rejected that because of how she was treated as a kid. So mm. she's like resentful and bitter towards that and like females like that. Yeah. Makes sense. But, like, of course, but then, of course, she'd never get male attention, so she's also resentful towards that. And I like how they kind of showed that in, like, a nice, light, fun way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this movie says a lot. <laughs> I-, I like it, though. Um, yeah. It-, it does it, like, in a very, like, subtle and not-so-subtle way. Just, I don't know. It's cool to see her, like, kind of change her perspective too and see things that are not you're right like i feel like especially during that time things were kind of black and white like but people are not really you know like we're more than one dimension like i mean you can even subscribe to all the super hyper feminine things and also hate and is are being judgmental towards other women like that that's true it's a thing yeah so complex. <laughs> wow. This felt very, like, Bechdel cast for a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I think this movie does a good job of talking about feminism in a way that's oddly progressive for the year 2000. I agree. Like, I enjoyed her speech at, like, the end, too, where she was like, yeah, I kind of used to judge these girls. But then I got to know them and, like, you know. They're I don't know. It's just like you can't really you shouldn't judge someone just by appearance and Mm-mm. I don't know. We all have like masculine and feminine kind of traits, you know? Cuz I feel like Gracie is kind of she she's like kind of tough and this and that, but I mean she's also like she's a lady. And she's like using it as an armor. Like I love the whole Michael Kane Michael Kane monologue where he's like Yeah, this is a mask. Like mm-hmm. get over yourself. Yeah. But, you know, like, I love the idea that Gracie Hart, at the beginning of the movie, like we said, is like an ugly duckling, a slob. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, Ben and Jerry is at the bar. Oh, yeah, I love that. She's like, give me a pint. (laughs) It's like, Ben and Jerry. You thought it was going to be like a beer. Yeah. I thought so, too. I love that. Um, And then, you know... There's a bomber. Yes. Which, because I was a literal child in the 90s, I didn't realize, like, in you know, you watch all these retrospectives on, like, the 90s. Bombings were a thing in the 90s. I thought because Bill Clinton was a president and played the saxophone <laughs> that there were no crimes and nothing bad happened. Wow. There were a lot of bombings. Dang. It wasn't just 9-11. It wasn't. There were like little, like the bombers, you know? Yeah. What about the Unabomber? Was that around that time? Or was that later? I don't know why that's what I'm thinking about. Okay, so the Unabomber was actually active from 1978 to 95. Oh, wow. Well, let's see. That's kind of the 90s. But dang, that's a long time to be active as a bomber. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, good for him. Good for I mean, <laughs> oh man. Bad for him, but like good for him, you know? <laughs> oh my god. 
Well, I bet Gracie Hart would have would have uh, stopped him sooner if she could. She would have if she was like on the force on the team in '95. Yeah, put an end to that. So yeah, Gracie Hart's in the FBI, and they're like, she's a schlub. <laughs> but why not? Like, because they're thinking like the bomber is going to be at the Miss United States pageant, right? And so they're like. What does he say? Benjamin Bratt's like the spinning, the twirling, the smiling, the cute little dance number. And they give it to Gracie. So she's undercover as Miss New Jersey. But also, like, Sandra Bullock reads New Jersey to me. She does. Yeah. Is she from New Jersey? Like, Mm-mm. but she, she can definitely play Jersey, like, well. I, you know, as someone that does read visually like northeast uh-huh yeah sandra bullock is also from virginia north carolina wait no way she was born in arlington she went to school at, in greenville at ecu wow come back and visit us sandy p Come Sandy. <laughs> but yeah you know she she reads very like new jersey new york she does I love one of my favorite scenes in this movie is like when she like she she drives her vehicle and puts one of those like the the cop sirens on top and drives like real crazy like she's in a chase but she's the only one in this chase <laughs> and she's like stopping traffic almost causing accidents and she's in a hurry to get to Starbucks and order like all these lattes for like the the force the boys the, the boys yeah I love that scene. And she's, like, ordering all, like, the... I feel like it's so cute in, like, 90s and 2000s to, like, order your decaf lattes with no foam and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But I love how at the end she's, like, in one of those Starbucks compilation CDs. Yeah. And I was like, that took me back to a time. Do you remember, like, the whole, like, rack of CDs at the Starbucks? I do. I think the last one I got was, like... It was like the Lady Gaga Tony Bennett collab. Ooh, that that was. They were even selling them then. That's so cool. Yeah, but I think that was like, I don't remember seeing them after that. Like that was the last CDs that I saw. I mean, it was very small rack. It kept getting smaller and smaller. I do. I remember it started a rack from a rack, and then at the end, it was just like where the gift cards are. Mm-hmm. But it was still there. R.I.P. <laughs> There's no more CDs at Starbucks. So sad. Yeah, no more CDs. Yeah. It's a bummer. Rest in peace. In peace. <laughs> Moment of silence for CDs. What else? You know, why wasn't Benjamin Bratt in more movies? I was thinking this, too. I'm like, what has he been in? Because, like, he's cute. He's very attractive. And I remember thinking, like, a long time ago watching this movie, like, ooh, like, he's, like, the perfect, like, leading man. Like, like he had to be in other movies, right? Like, I feel like I've seen him, but not enough. And why not? Like, I mean, he still looks pretty good. Let's see. He was in, oh my gosh, he was in Catwoman 2004. He hasn't oh. been in Law and Order, the the original Law and Order. He was in Catwoman. He was Holly Berry's love interest. Okay. When they're playing basketball, they play basketball that's, together. Maybe that's why I like that movie so much <laughs> as well, because he's in it. <laughs> playing basketball. Hey, you write hard for 2004 Catwoman. I really do. <laughs> I just think he's cu- he's a cutie patootie. Yeah, he, you're right. He should have been in more like rom coms or something. Like, 
you know, we have like a lady, you know, well, there's been a couple guys like, you know, Matthew McConaughey or Hugh Grant. Like he could be another one of them, you know? I think so. Right? Or like maybe in more dramas. Like I feel like he could have been the husband in Premonition or, oh, well, he dies. <laughs> Just all, it's like <laughs> only Sandra Bullock movies. Yeah. All about Steve, but instead of Bradley Cooper, it's <laughs> Benjamin Bratt. Um, but then William Shatner and Candace Bergen enter the chat mm-hmm. with Candace Bergen's collection of necklaces. Yes. Did you notice that? Like her crazy, funky necklaces. I did. I noticed that. I noticed um, there's like one scene, too, like where they they set up the whole thing with the crown. And I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. No, I think the jewels. Yeah, Candace Bergen and this is all about the jewels. Yeah. I just like her as a villain. She's a good villain. She's like, she gives me, (laughs) not to relate it all back to Shrek again, but she really, she gives me like the fairy godmother vibes. Like if they did a live, I know they've done a live action Shrek, but like if it was like made into like tasteful, like a tasteful live action, I feel like she'd be a good like fairy godmother. I don't know. Cause she's, she's, she comes off as a little bit evil. She's like icy. Yes. Like an ice queen. Yeah. No, I love her. And like in Sweet Home Alabama, she's also the villain, essentially. I feel like she's like the same person, like essentially just more jewel obsessed. (laughs) Yes. No, I'm obsessed with her like chokers in this though. Yeah. Like her, it's like, um, I guess like a diamond choker situation that honestly, it, she, she rocks it. She does. No, I like necklace goals. <laughs> I know, Nick, you have some um, chunky, funky necklaces. I know, I love a good choker. So I just, I think I just like live for the choker moment. But yeah, she plays the intense beauty pageant director. Um, and she enlists Michael Kane, Michael Kine's help to turn Gracie into a beauty queen. Which, can we talk about Michael Kane? He is so cool. I love Michael Kane and, and like everything. Michael Kine. Michael Kine. I do too. I feel like he's like an uncle I've never I don't have or something. Yeah. Like from across the pond. Yes. My English uncle. He comes and visits and gives you tea and and crumpets. I don't know. I don't even know what a crumpet is. I'm They're like little biscuits, right? Is a crumpet a biscuit? I don't know. Whatever. But I don't know. I love him in this. I think he does a really good job of doing the, like, British, like, elitist kind of dude, but also having a lot of heart. He makes me feel safe. Yeah. Like, he could tell me how to walk, talk, sit, stand, eat, drink like a princess. (laughs) Exactly. I trust him. Me too. And he's like, I was thinking about it. He's like... Gracie's Alfred. Yes. And he was Alfred. <laughs> he was Batman. Batman. That's it. I always think about that. I I'm like, it's hard. He was the perfect Alfred. No other Alfred can compare. No. They try, but they will never be him. You'll never be Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to all you Alfreds out there. You'll never be Michael Caine. Um Is he still alive? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. Thank God. I'm sorry. I don't know. I just don't wish that into existence. No, I'm sorry. I I love Michael Caine. 
Um, yeah. I also love when he calls her Dirty Harriet. Yes. No, he's got some great lines. Yes. So, Brie, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you float or do you clomp? <laughs> I'm definitely a clomper. Have you seen me? Clomp, Clomping clomp. around. No, I thought that was so funny where she's like clomping and he's like, just glide. And she's just like, hey, I'm gliding here. And like, you know, when she slams her hand on the taxi. Cause I don't know. She's just like. She's like, hey, I'm, yeah, gliding here, asshole. And you can see Michael Caine covering his mouth and he has a smile under his yeah, he's, like, trying to hold it together while they're filming and not. Oh, man. I don't know. What about you, Nick? I th- Do I float? Do I clump? Do I do both? It might depend on your mood. I th- I think you float, mostly. Unless you're in a hurry to get somewhere, then there's a little bit like of a clumping. clump. But it's still, like, a graceful clump. You know what I mean? Like, your feet are in line, and you're not just, like, your arms aren't doing this thing. Where you're, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, um... Like the he, like He Man, like He Man. Yeah, you don't have He Man arms. <laughs> I'm just like Betty's spaghetti arm, just like, <laughs> like octopus flailing. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, like, can we talk about the glow up scene? Yes, which is like industrial, like a military operation <laughs> to get her glow glowed up. Yeah, I never really thought about the scene that deeply like, I was always like oh yeah she just needs a lot of work you know like I didn't really think about it and now like paying more attention I'm like dang like did they really have to do all this like they are really harsh the, there's like a line where Michael Caine's like work on her eyebrows you know give her two and I'm like hey Gracie Hart is a lot of things but she doesn't have a unibrow yeah she's not that hairy like she just doesn't brush her hair that much like I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that she doesn't own a hairbrush either because the your when your hair is long, you literally have to brush you your do. hair. You do. Like at a certain point, like even if you have like curly hair in a way, like I don't know, I had to brush mine in like the shower or when it was wet, like something so it doesn't tangle cuz it's going to tangle. And that's annoying. I if Gracie Hart is nothing if not practical. Yeah. She would want to comb her hair just to like get it out of the way. I'm sure she combs it like once a day. Mm-hmm. Once or twice. Like, I, I really don't think... Like, she says she doesn't own a hairbrush, but I think she does. I think she's lying. <laughs> now the truth comes out. <laughs> because maybe it has to do with, like, being a girl. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things she's, like, doesn't subscribe to. I don't know. I love how long are the days, like, we go back to the year 2000 and Gracie Hart's complaining about getting a bikini wax and not owning a hairbrush. Mm-hmm. And, like, cut to now when just, like... 15-year-olds on the street are getting, like, lip flips. What's a lip flip? Like, is that the like things where people's lips are, like... Okay, I've, I have a question. Like, I've seen... I don't know who these people are, but, like, they keep <laughs> popping up on my, like, TikTok or something. Like, I've seen a couple different people have these, like, huge lips. Like, I'm, like, bee stings. Like, like Chloe Cherry Euphoria. No, like, like bigger. What? Like, like covering up almost your whole face, like a breath stall. And I don't know if it's on purpose or if they have like a condition or allergies. But like, I'm concerned. And I'm like, is this a fat? Is this like a beauty trend? It is a beauty trend to have but, like, like the porn star like, like brat slips. Yeah, this big, like liter- literally, like you can mm-hmm. barely close your mouth. 
Yeah, it's the bimbo aesthetic. Yeah, and I get that. Get with the times, Brady. <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> Nikki, you're like, yeah, I've got an appointment tomorrow. <laughs> no, like, so, oh. I mean, it, I could see that, but, like, I, even the bimbos, like, even, like, Pamela Anderson could never. Like, these lips are, like, the ones I've seen have been, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Scary. And what is up with that? Like, do we know? We just want to look like Bratz dolls nowadays, Brie. Yeah, but can you go back? Like, do your lips shrink oh, yeah, back yeah, to yeah. normal? Yeah. But, like, how long does it take? <laughs> The only thing is, it's like, I think your lips are going to be fine. The BBLs are when it's not going to be fine. Because, no, because a lot of people got BBLs, but you know Skinny's back in style, Brie. <laughs> I would never get a BBL. The, I mean, I've heard too many stories. We got Cardi B's horror story to Yeah. That's enough for me. But there's a lot. I don't know. So nowadays, if they remade Miss Congeniality, would they be like, we're going to do a lip flip and a BBL? Probably. And you just hear her screaming like, like she is for some bikini wax. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But her glow up, it's like, she looks fabulous after it's all said and done. After they like rip the hair. The, I, I didn't even see any hair on her knuckles, but they ripped it off. <laughs> they just like imply that she's like way hairier than she is. Um. And we buy it. We love it. <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah, get that non-existent hair off your knuckles. <laughs> but I love when she, like, comes out. Like, she steps out on the scene, like, the big reveal moment. And she's like, hey, like, I'm wearing a dress. I haven't slept. I'm armed and I'm hungry. Don't mess with me. And then she trips. <laughs> yeah. Which Sandra Bullock does this character so well. I don't know. I Like, how could we... I love that we live in a world where Sandra Bullock can do this on screen. Yeah. But I love her lilac bodycon dress. And she walks out to Mustang Sally. Yeah. <laughs> Which I noticed. Did you notice she wears, after her transformation on, she wears purple. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of purple. A lot of purple. And I just thought that was very interesting. And I know, like, if you get into color theory, purple is, like, sometimes mystical sometimes regal right. royal definitely feminine balanced because it has that like fiery red mixed with the serene calm blue i don't know wow you really know your color theory nick <laughs> i've taken a couple classes yeah written a couple papers but um but i just thought it was really interesting that she just wears purple a lot it looks good. I don't. I wonder if it's too just like if it's one of those things like maybe it's. I don't know if she's a winter. I don't know what she is. But remember getting those eyeshadow palettes for your like eye color, your yes. hair. Like things, like it reminds me of that. Like I feel like she would. I don't know. Didn't they say purple's good if you have brown eyes or? Yeah, purple brings out the the tones in your eyes. Not that we. I don't think we saw her in purple shadow, but no. But it was the year 2000. Yeah. It could have been marketed to, I don't know. That's true. I do remember, like, all that, like, propaganda, which I don't understand why we just believed it. Yeah. The Alme of it all, where they're like, if you have green eyes, put on some hideous green eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah, we and really believed like, it. like, yeah. 
Or like if you have brown eyes, put on blue eyeshadow. And no one should ever put on blue eyeshadow unless they are doing a 90s throwback moment. Mm-hmm. But not like serious. In like all earnestness, you can't put on blue eyeshadow. It's very difficult. It has to be the only like blue shade I think is acceptable is like maybe like a dark blue, like a dark, like, I don't know, some type of dark blue. I would say an icy blue. That too. It has to have some shimmer in there, like Mm -hmm. an icy light blue. You can't go matte. A matte blue? No. No. (laughs) (coughs) No. It's just wrong. (laughs) Totally. Oh, my God. I love the scene, too, where, so, yeah, like, Gracie's undercover, and she drops out the earpiece in one of, like, the, like, the luncheons, and she's like, oh, I have to pray. I forgot to pray. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for my bagel and schmear. <laughs> no, I love that. But, I don't know, that's, like, my, low-key my favorite line in this whole movie. I mean, there's every, like, other scene that's quotable. That's my low-key favorite one. I I agree. I always look forward to that one. Like, I'm like, oh, she's going to say it. She's going to pray to the Lord for the bagel and schmear. Because it's just, it's funny. Because I feel like we've all been in those moments where it's like, you know, maybe you drop something or your phone goes off in the middle of, like, some type of meeting or ceremony or whatever. And you're just like, oh, oops. And you just got to roll roll with with it. it. Yeah. She's taking some improv 101. Exactly. She's doing a lot of rolling with whatever's going on in this movie. Yeah. For sure. With style and grace, you know? I mean, at least to the outside. Gracie Freebush has style. She's got grace. She's She's a a lady. lady. (laughs) The song is so good, too. Like, it's like, I feel like it's the anthem of this. (laughs) Like, in case we didn't already know she's a lady. Just because she's a tomboy doesn't mean she's, I don't know, it's just kind of funny, like, that they have to, like, hammer home that she's a lady. It's not, like, I don't know why I'm thinking about Mrs. Doubtfire, because that's, like, dude looks like a lady, because that's Mrs. Doubtfire, (laughs) dressed, you know. I don't know, but you know what I mean? It's like she's already a lady, but now she's really a lady. Yeah, They're just really hammering that, like. They're like, she, yeah. She's a lady. Wait, she's got style, she's got grace, and she's Miss United States. Are are there similar lyrics to, like, the... Oh, yeah, I think so. I just put that together. on purpose? Maybe. Huh. No. Well, okay, in my notes, I have, you know, the dance training sequence? Yeah. The needle drop is Dancing Queen, not by ABBA, but by the A-teens. Yes. And I clocked it. I don't know if you clocked it right away, but I was like, my ears perked up. It like triggered something, like just a response. Yeah. No, same. I was like, wait a minute. I know this is Dancing Queen, but who is, like, I feel like I know who this is. Is this the (laughs) A-teens? Yeah. Makes so much sense. Totally does. No, I like oddly love the soundtrack because it is so... 2000 mm-hmm. it's like i was looking on imdb on the soundtrack and there's like a baja men song and i haven't heard that name in 20 years and it made me very happy oh my god the baja men i forgot about them oh yeah bring them back who let the dogs out you know who 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 
the odd, surprising feminist anthem of the early 2000s. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Oh. What about that one song that's like, you're one in a million? You're one in a million. Oh, the, like, Savage Garden, like, knockoff. It's not Savage Garden, but, like, yeah, it, it's very of a time. It is. It sounds like one of those, um, like, RuPaul songs to me. Yes! Doesn't it? Like, you're a champion. You're one in a million. Oh. Oh, my God. The only thing that would make this movie better would be a guest appearance by RuPaul. Right? Oh, my God. That would have really sent it through the roof. Like, I don't know if I could contain myself. <laughs> if I, You know what I mean? Like, that would have been like, oof. Like, if RuPaul swooped in, like, Victor leaves, and then RuPaul has to help, like, Gracie get ready or something. I don't know. And just says the right thing at the right time, or just, I don't know. What would Rue do? Oh, my God. Oh, I just picture him swooping in, but being, like, Cher in burlesque and being like, Wagon Wheel Watusi. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> we're going to whip you into shape, girls. <laughs> yes. Anyway, oh, yeah, maybe RuPaul come in the dressing room, like, all the girls are getting ready, and it's like, hey... Move them into shape. Do a dance routine. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's just a fantasy. Um, <laughs> I really like, like, there's so many funny things in this movie. Like, you know, like, um, when they ask Gracie, like, oh, what do you think we need in this world? And she's like, harsher punishments, <laughs> like, for parole violators. And world peace. <laughs> yeah. I love that, too. I love I love Gracie's heart though. Like if we're skipping to like the talent show scene, I love that she's playing the <laughs> cups, the yes. glasses, and she's in that like like Bush Gardens like German milkmaid outfit, mm -hmm. and she thinks she sees the gunman, <laughs> so she tackles him. Yeah, but like I love. I love that side of her personality, like the heart. Or like I love her friendship with Cheryl, Miss Rhode Island. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah. No, and I love when Cheryl comes to her hotel room and like knocks on the door and is like, do you want some hot chocolate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, all the other girls slam the doors in my face. I didn't even tell them it's non-fat. <laughs> and Grace is like, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of Miss Rhode Island? She's sweet. She's like, I don't know. She's very nice. She's, I think it's interesting that she looks up so much to Gracie because she's like, she doesn't know that she's just doing this like as an undercover thing and the, it doesn't really matter to her. And R Miss Rhode Island, this like matters to her a it's lot. Like her life. Yeah. Like she means it when she wants world peace. Right. And I like, I thought it was interesting. Like the, like when we meet her on the bus, she's like. Oh, I've studied, like, I know all 49, like, girls' names and, like, their states and all this and that and their pictures and I don't know. Like. Which, is she, like, a red herring? Because, what? like, at one point in the movie, they think she's the bomber. Oh, yeah. It's, like, because she's so sweet, I never think it's her in a million years. Mm-hmm. But, like, are they trying to, like, set us up? Because if she's remembering all their faces. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're paying attention early on. Yeah, you're, like, yeah. adding things up. You're, like, wait a minute. Maybe she is the bomber. 
because she was like a peaceful or not a peaceful protester, but she was like an anti-fur protester or something. Yeah. But I don't know. She seems sweet. Yeah. I I get the vibe that she wouldn't hurt a fly pretty much, but you know. Same. On the outside, I guess she gives up. They're like, yeah, she's a loner. (laughs) And she fits the profile. Maybe, you know, maybe it's her. I love when she refers to herself as a female rain man. <laughs> that did crack me up. Oh, yeah, because her answer, it, they asked her what her favorite, um, what her favorite date, the perfect, the perfect date. What which, is the perfect date? April 25th, because <laughs> it's not too hot, not too cold, and all you need is a light jacket. <laughs> which, Nick, you were like, yes. You're like, woo, woo. The crowd was silent. If I was in that crowd, I would have been like, Woo, queen! Woo, woo, woo! <laughs> I try to start the wave. Yes, I'm like, yeah, that is a perfect date. I feel like you always say that though, like the like just like the like shorts and a sweater weather, like just kind of have like that in between time of just like it's beautiful. You don't have to wear a jacket or maybe a light jacket, but that's it. It's chef's kiss. Also, the most quotable line from this movie. It's like a meme every year. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that lives on of this congeniality (laughs) is April 25th. Right? Which, you know what I found out? What? That's the director's wife's birthday, and that's why he chose that date. Aw, that's sweet. I love, too, like, when um, Gracie takes out Miss Rhode Island and the gals to like the club. I know she's just trying to get like intel and see if she really is the bomber or whatever, but she brings a pizza and she's like, let's have some beers. Like, let's just go out. And then next thing you know, they're like banging these drums with paint. I don't know what kind of event this is. I want to go to that club. It looks like so much fun. Like, when do you get to just go up and play some musical instruments and get covered in paint? Like, I don't know. Is that like the Blue Man Group shows? <laughs> yeah, like what is this event? I don't know. It's cool though. No, I really like that scene too. And I do think like my interactions with gaggles of girls, like groups of girls, you know, just coming from like my acting background and, you know, it was, like situations like that and dance and et cetera, et cetera. But like it is something about like, a competitive situation, but, mm-hmm. like, you're all at this thing. At that point in time, they're all, you know, they've come so far. They're, like, all winners, in a sense, the beauty pageant. But, like, it all starts with, like, one girl offering a slice of pizza. Like, it truly does. Like, when Gracie offers the pizza and Miss Rhode Island eats it, mm-hmm. and then it just, like, it welcomes in all the girls, and then all of a sudden they're, like, gossiping. I don't yeah. know. I feel like that's, like... I really like how they showed that female friendship side. I like that, too. Pizza bonds people as well, you know? Truly. Or, like, naughty food. Uh-huh. Like, when you're not supposed to have it, like, beauty pageant pizza or, like, I love after pizza. <laughs> I love how Gracie does not give a fuck about, like, the naughty food. Like, uh, she's stuffing donuts in her bra the whole time or, like, you know what I mean? She's just like, whatever. But I get it. I know that's, like, the whole mindset and everything. But I love how she's just, like, whatever. She's like, I'm going to eat this pizza. I don't care, y'all. I love it, too. Yeah. Um, I love how also, like, they find out Candace Bergen's character is actually the one who's going to set off the bomb. Mm-hmm. 
But they find out because all the girls are bonding and gossiping in the bathroom, which is another, like, female staple. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the be- best intel. The bathroom. That's where you make the best female friendships. Man, I need to go to more, <laughs> more bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a weird takeaway that I'm like, oh, I haven't had a moment in the bathroom in a while? I know, me too. I feel like when you're like a teenager or like a young adult or you're go- maybe when you're clubs. going out to clubs. I don't know. We don't have any clubs around here. I know. We moved to a place where there's no clubs. Well, there was one club and it shut down. I know. It's a year without clubs. Dang. What are we going to do? I don't know. We'll have to go to the big city one day. Just hit up the bathrooms and see what happens. Just hit up the girls' bathrooms <laughs> to feel something. To make some friends for a moment and feel something. Yeah. But yeah. And I like I love Gracie's monologue at the end where it's like, like I know you touched on it, but you were like, where Gracie's like, you know, I was really judgmental about these girls, but no one better hurt them. And yeah. then she, like, fights with Miss Rhode Island because Miss Rhode Island wins and fights with her for the crown because Candace Bergen has put the bomb in the crown. Oh, my God. that The ending scene is so funny because it's, like, Miss Rhode Island, she does not know – like, she just thinks she's trying to steal her moment all of a sudden. And this – and, you know, Miss Jersey has been – like a good friend to her the whole time so she's just like what the fuck and she's like crying and she's like hitting her with the best like her bouquet of roses and be like get off me like she's like Harry style like and then i I just love though how like i don't know sandy b just like punching people in the face like pushing people aside to get to miss rhode island she's like oh oh Doing all the moves and every- and then William Shatner, he's just singing. He's just singing the the Miss USA song that just keeps playing and playing and just trying to keep the he's just like to keep the decorum. <laughs> yeah, keep the decorum. Yeah, no, and slaying in the Statue of Liberty outfits. Yes, good outfit moment. Those outfits, Chef's kiss with the like glitter in their hair. I want those. It was like. I want to say fairy lights. They're not fairy lights, but they're called like, you know, when you put the little tinsel in your hair? Yes. The moment. Also, lots of body glitter in this scene, which speaks to me. I love body glitter. We need to have more glitter in our lives. Like, why did we ever? Like more Mariah Carey glitter or (laughs) just glitter? Yes. No, (laughs) all kinds. All the glitter. But you know what I mean? Glitter lotion. That you can eat. Yes. Oh my God. Jessica Simpson. Dessert by Jessica Simpson. Yeah. I'm sure that's not good for your insides, but like, I don't think we're meant to digest glitter, but bring it back. Bring, bring it, it back. back. <laughs> well, anything else before we just like wraps us up? Um, well, <clears throat> just like final thoughts, basically. Yeah. I think it's really cute. Like, when they finally kiss, like, her and, and um, Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. I feel like they had, like, nice chemistry, and it's, like, a cute little romance there. Like, the whole movie isn't just about the romance, but it's, like, a nice little, like, I don't know. It's just, it, it works. And it and it's cute when she's, like, she's, like, ooh, you want, you want to date me? You, you want to kiss me? Yeah, like. You think I'm sexy? I don't know. She's very charming, like, with her quirks, I think. And I think so. I don't know. No, I second that. Second, third, and fourth that. Yeah. 
Um, this also, like, in the beginning of this movie, it reminds me of Law and Order SVU. Dun, dun. How so? Like, she reminds me of Olivia Benson in the way that, like, she leads with her emotions and her choices and then gets in trouble with the captain. And the captain's like, hey, you didn't follow orders. And she's like, I know I didn't really follow him. He's like, you didn't follow them at all. You're, you know, on desk duty now. Like, you're on thin ice. Like, it's like every episode of Law and Order where it's like, you know, you're supposed to follow orders. And then your partner is like, and you don't because you can't help it. But I don't know. I I like that. That's what makes her so great, too. Do I need to watch more Law and Order? Maybe. I don't know. SVU is the best. I think it's the best Law and Order. Plus Scott Ice Tea. You know, <laughs> anyway. I always think of that John Mulaney bit where he's like anal contusions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's basically it. Nah, that's awesome. Um, but I don't know. I just love this movie. Full stop. Yeah, Sandra Bullock's my queen, my idol. I love her so much. I give my right arm for Sandra Bullock. I feel like I could watch this movie again, like right now. I think so, too. Like, I could rain... Speaking of Rain Man, just, like, <laughs> just watch it, like, over and over. I don't know. She's a lady. <laughs> I know. I feel like it could just, like, regurgitate all the miscongeniality beats. Uh-huh. It's just so good. It's, I don't know. It's, it's timeless. It is. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, rate and review us on iTunes. And if you'd like to write in... With questions or movie suggestions, you can email us at the late to the party pod at Gmail. Thank you again for listening. Bye. Bye. Well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to dinner. But she always knows her place. She's got style, she's got grace. She-